Joe, Joe Hill and Cesar Chavez Who fought in their own time For our brothers and our sisters Up and down that picket line For the unnamed and unnumbered Who struggle brave and long For the union men and women Standing up and standing strong Tomorrow, January 30th, is the anniversary of the funeral in 1965 of former British Prime Minister Winston Churchill. Churchill, though portrayed as a hero today in what British-Pakistani author-activist Tariq Ali calls a Churchill cult, was in his day hated by many, especially working-class people. That's why he lost the 1945 election. He was also a white supremacist colonialist. He supported using poison gas against the civilian Kurds in Iraq in 1917, sent troops against striking workers, and helped kill over 3 million Bengalis in an enforced famine. One of the most memorable moments of the funeral procession was when the cranes on the London docks dipped as the funeral barge went by. But... This wasn't a spontaneous gesture of respect. The dock workers had originally refused to dip the cranes as they didn't like Churchill and had to be paid extra to do it. In 1937, Churchill expressed his views of subject peoples in a submission to the Palestinian Commission, arguing, I do not agree that a dog in the manger has the final right to the manger, even though he may have lain there for a very long time. I do not admit, for instance, that a great wrong has been done to the Red Indians of America or the black people of Australia. I do not admit that a wrong has been done. During World War II, Churchill threatened to use poison gas over Germany in retaliation for the bombardment of London. He told the British public, I might have to ask you to support me in using poison gas. We could drench the cities of Ruhr and many other cities in Germany in such a way that most of the population would require constant medical attention. Then there is the horror that actually occurred, the joint British-U.S. firebombing of Dresden, where between 25,000 and 40,000 people died. The city had no military or strategic value, but it was an important cultural and historic city for the German people. Had the Allies lost, this would surely have been considered a war crime, along with the U.S. firebombing of over 60 cities in Japan. Tariq Ali has written a new book on Churchill, Winston Churchill, His Times, His Crimes. Ali has said in interviews that he has focused on three Churchill crimes in the book. The 1943 famine in Bengal, India, which killed over 3 million people, the assault during World War II on Greek resistance fighters, and his actions during the Welsh miners' strike. Ali is not alone in his assertions. A 2019 study reported in the British paper The Guardian on the famine quotes the study's lead researcher at the Indian Institute of Technology, Genhingar Vimal Mishra. This was a unique famine caused by policy failure instead of any monsoon failure. Food supplies to Bengal were reduced in the years before 1943 by natural disasters, outbreaks of crop infections, and the fall of Burma, now Myanmar, a source of rice imports into Japanese hands. But the Nobel Prize-winning economist Amarta Sen argued in 1981 that there still should have been enough food for the region, and that the mass deaths came about as a combination of wartime inflation, the speculative buying and panic hoarding, which made food unaffordable for poor Bengalis. 
Most recent studies say the famine was exacerbated by the decisions of Churchill's cabinet. They were repeatedly warned that the exhaustive use of Indian resources for the war effort could result in famine, but they continued exporting rice from India, even as requests for one million tons of emergency wheat supplies was being requested by the Indian viceroy. Churchill has been quoted as blaming the famine on the fact that Indians were breeding like rabbits and asking how, if the shortages were so bad, Mahatma Gandhi was still alive. Britain had denial policy in the region in which huge supplies of rice and thousands of boats were confiscated from coastal areas of Bengal to deny resources to the Japanese army in case of future invasion. On December 3, 1944, the British army in Athens, Greece, opened fire upon 200,000 marchers supporting the resistance. They armed pro-fascists who also fired on the crowd. 28 mostly young boys and girls were killed and hundreds were injured. This led to a brutal Greek civil war that installed a right-wing dictatorship. The heads of resistance fighters were cut off and displayed outside the prison camps. In the Welsh mine strike of 1910, Churchill, then Home Secretary, called in troops to end the strike. The strike was defeated, but a more militant union emerged to fight another day. For the past in the past, I'm Harry Richardson.